My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. I'd like to welcome my guest, Brian Falski, Vice President of the Wyoming Disabled Hunters in Cody, Wyoming. Uh, he has been a board member since 2008 and is now the Vice President. Welcome, Brian, to the show. It's actually uh, Bryce. Bryce. But that's all right. I I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I like Bryce and went to Brian. Man, yeah. now you know you need sleep when you do that. <laughs> So um, you said the show, uh, the, we talked a little bit earlier before, you said that the nonprofit was started in 2008? Right, yep. And how did that all start out? So uh, a friend of mine from here in Powell, um, he actually has a huge permanent blind set up on his ranch up uh, between Cody and Yellowstone that we've been hunting disabled folks uh, for elk out of there for several years. So he's kind of always had a passion for disabled hunting. Um, one summer when I was only working part-time, he and I went over to um, another town to check out uh, Physically Challenged Bowhunters of America's uh, annual antelope hunt mm-hmm. and kind of help out with that. And then on the way back, he's like, you know, I bet we could do something like that with our deer over here on, you know, between Cody and Yellowstone and, He's one of those guys that's really hard to say no to, even if you're not sure what he's proposing is going to work. So he says, okay, Merlin, sure. Sounds good. And then <laughs> about a month later, he's calling me up and he's got like five or six other people ready to help with this. And slowly we formed into a board and then an LLC and got insurance. And um, it was uh 2009 before we got our first time, but kind of how it snowballed from there. So, yeah, well, getting the paperwork around and all that, I talked to several other nonprofits and they say, yeah, it takes about a year to get everything up and running to make certain that uh, your T's and I's are crossed and dotted and all that other fun stuff. And Mm -hmm. and now uh, being on a red, smaller is it a smaller or your mid-sized uh non-profit i'd say we're smaller we've got uh nine board members and uh um we like to have 10 but we're at nine right now so yeah do you guys normally you know how some you have some non-profits that pay their administration fees or does everything just go straight to the hunts then everything goes uh straight to the hunts um None of us, um, none of the board members draw a salary or anything like that. So yeah, it, it all goes to right back to the hunts. Nice. Uh, how many volunteers do you guys annually get? Oh boy. Um, I bet there's close to a hundred by the time you figure all your guides and, um, your cooks and just, everybody involved it's it's just a lot <laughs> yeah and now how many hunts do you guys normally ha- host every year 
Uh, we we host right around twenty hunters every year. So dang. Uh, now is that a hundred percent success rate on you every hunt? Um, not a not a hundred percent every time, of course. But uh, we're getting we're dang close. Um, nice. Last couple of years in a row, we've filled all of them. So that's nice. Good. Yeah. And um, what type of animals do you guys normally hunt for? Uh, elk, deer, and antelope. White tail, black tail. Um, yep. Around here, we've got white tail and muley. Um, uh, most folks that come here want to go after the muleys because they're somewhat exotic to them. You know, it, um, we have welcome hunters from across the, across the nation, and mm-hmm. uh, mule deer kind of unique to the desert west area. So. Yeah. They kind you guys of ever, yeah. You guys ever thought about uh, breaking into trapping? Um, no, we haven't really thought about that too much. Yeah, that's one of my goals is to get on a disabled uh, trapper and talk to them or organization that helps do that. That'd be that'd be kind of fun to actually see. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys offer predator hunting as well or not? Nope. Just yeah. the elk deer and antelope. Yeah. We've dabbled with uh, black bear, but we just can't quite pull it off. Yeah. We've had like five hunts and they just never fill. And I kind of get a twitch cringe anytime anybody volunteers to help us with another one because uh, – just a rabbit hole we end up going down and wasting like, time too much logistics involved or um they're just uh, oh we're pretty used to putting together the logistics but uh it's just a hard hunt to fill it to be successful at for some reason so you're not allowed to hunt over bait in out west um in the areas we've been trying to do it, you are allowed to hunt over bait, but mm-hmm. still it somehow just didn't work out. So, Yeah. Now, uh, for the application process, uh, walk me. Th- could you walk me through how m- long it takes, what people have to do, and then once they've successfully done <clears throat> the application being accepted, <laughs> as you said before, they are across the nation. How- are they responsible for getting out there? Okay. So how that um, application process works is they have to get at least a Wyoming disabled hunter permit. Um, That's how we establish our eligibility um, for the hunt itself. And then it's preferable if they can get the season extension permit and the shoot from a vehicle permit, if -hmm. they're eligible for those two. And so that part of it takes a, a good month by the time you send off for the send your paperwork in and get the permit back and all that. And then those uh, permit numbers are going to be required on the uh, online our on our online application, um, which will be posted in early December. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll be drawing names probably late January for all of our hunts. And then um, from there, we'll contact the lucky winners and uh, go from there. 
And then uh, if they're either 50% disabled veterans or wheelchair bound, we can usually hook them up with a uh, um, donated license. So mm-hmm. that kind of makes things a heck of a lot easier because um, they don't have to use that. Non-resident don't have to worry about uh, drawing their own tag and all that. So, yeah. How much is the draw tag for those who cannot don't qualify? Um, I want to say like a non-resident elk is probably five six hundred bucks. Um, that's not bad. Actually. Deer and antelope are probably each or around three three hundred. So. I know what I'd be going for if I went out there. <laughs> Antelope. <laughs> yeah. I like I, I like the thought of the muley. It is an I I've never actually hunted a muley, but they're part of the deer family, so I I like the deer. I have whitetails out here. They're you know they're abundant. So for me, it would be the antelope because it is literally the only of its genus. Yeah. So, and I just really would want to bag one of those. <laughs> Come on out. Yeah. Well, let me get some vacation time next year. <laughs> or that hopefully. fills out the first day. I mean, we usually get all of our guys their antelope in the first day. So. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honey, we're going out for a week vacation. Seven days later. How was your vacation? We hunted one day. <laughs> What's yep. the average shot distance for a antelope? Oh, I'm going to guess 150 to 200 yards. Bang. Which is pretty pretty normal for Wyoming. Yeah. Because it's yep. pretty open. <laughs> we have some weird gun laws here in terms of hunting. Uh in order to use long-range rifles, you must be in a tree stand on private land and must be f- pointing down for some of them, unless you have a certain firearm that isn't classified under the, these rulings and all that other fun stuff. Hmm. Yeah. And, of course, the land I hunt on is uh, too close to a town, so I can't even use a firearm. I've got to use bow only. Hmm. So, all fun. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I don't do well with climbing into tree stands, so I got an elevated blind. Okay, nice. Yeah, it's about five inches off the ground, so it's not too terribly tall up, but it's got a roof on it and keeps the water out. Yep, that's what matters. I tried one of them tree stands one time, and yeah, kind of nervous the whole time. I can understand utilizing one, especially when you got the harness. My father-in-law. I, he got me started hunting and he found this one weird, you know, wooden tree stand that somebody left in the woods on the public land and he hunted from it and he bagged his big buck that he got his lifetime achievement. And then I think it was two days late, the next weekend or so I'm going to go out cause he's not feeling too good. And he doesn't have a harness for me or anything like that. And he's like, you can hunt out here. Here, let me get a belt so you can latch yourself to the tree. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, yeah, that's a death trap. And I'm sitting there up there with a shotgun. And it's <laughs> frosty and slippery. And instead, you know how you're supposed to be 
angled so it, you're sitting back against the tree. This thing is at a slight canter, so it's angled. So you would be slipping off the, blind, uh, the stand all the way down. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. I've... I've learned a lot hunting with him, and it's a, as much as he is a successful hunter, and he was, he shot, to, and he was very accurate with muzzleloader. He loved that. And he had to stop because of his Parkinson's and whatnot, but he did everything not so ethically. <laughs> and I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about breaking the rules or anything. I'm talking about... Yeah, that's sketchy. Let's not do that. That's dangerous. Let's not hurt ourselves. <laughs> yeah. You're going hunting and walking out of the woods and he's fell into a ravine and broke a rib and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, one of those fun ones. Yeah. So when the person... Uh, back to the application process. I know we fell into a rabbit hole. I told you we were gonna. <laughs> so back to the application process. Once you have selected your hunters and you've notified them, is it all included into the trip, or do they have to pay for their way out there? Um. So we are able to um, offer reimbursement for their trips out here if they uh, qualify financially. Um, which we have a separate application process for that. So, yeah, I'm definitely probably not going to be able to apply for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, probably on how much you make then, right? Yeah. Or, yep. Yeah, I probably make too much. Then. <laughs> but then, if they if they do qualify, then yeah, we pay for meals coming out here mileage if they drive uh, plane ticket if they want to fly motels the whole thing nice now do they bring their own uh tools or uh firearms or do you guys supply those we prefer if folks bring their own firearms and bows and whatever adaptive equipment they need but mm -hmm. um we do have all of the above available to borrow um We've got a couple rifles, a couple crossbows, a bunch of adaptive rests, and um, yeah, really cool. Like if uh, we've had a quadriplegic come out and hunt, and uh, we've got this—it's called a chin mouse, where they can uh, bump this little, kind of like a joystick to aim their shot, and then uh, they can blow into a tube to fire it. Oh, sipping puffs. I yeah. gotta tell I gotta tell a friend of mine about that. His uh, dear good lord, isn't I? I can't. I'm yeah. I'm having one of those nights tonight. But he is a quadriplegic, or so, and to be able to, you know, they got the sip and puff, but they don't have the chin mouse thing to be able to aim and whatnot. Okay. And I've never heard of that piece of equipment. That's cool. That yeah. really is. Yeah, I've gotten to play with it once in a while and do show and tells, and yeah, it's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, be able to move the target, be able to see where you're going on the screen, and then bam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's cool. And I've talked to people that have literally shot birds out of the sky blind. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Dan Ferrero. 
of No Excuse Hunting. He's a nonprofit out of Oklahoma. And yeah, he's legally blind. And he went down to Texas and talked with a guy I know, uh, Chad Walagura. Yeah. Everybody yep. knows Chad. I know. I've, I've noticed that. Everybody knows Chad. I'm beginning to wonder uh, who he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hi, Chad. But, but, yeah, he took him down there. I was supposed to go teal hunting this past September, but life happens, obviously. Wife got a new job working the weekends and i ran out of vacation time and the weather was just not cooperating droughts and everything but i'm hoping soon this next year hopefully or something nice yeah so let's see um ah your hunting history you we talked earlier about how you started out hunting small game i think that was before the podcast. I don't think we talked about it during it. Uh, you just hunted small game. What type of small game did you hunt? Um, my first kill was a, a contail rabbit, and then a you know some pheasants here and there, and uh, rough grouse. You know, a little bit of this, a little of that, little of that. So. I haven't hunted rabbits, fowls. Uh, why did I just say fowls? Well, your pheasants or anything or grouse that's why i was mixing up both of the birds at the same time but no i haven't hunted grouse or pheasants in my area not yet anyways i'm hoping to so i don't i don't think it was just something that's around my area too much yeah yeah they take a lot of prairie lands don't they what's that they take a lot of prairie land for a prairie habitat yeah yeah yeah, we don't have a whole lot of that. We have more wooded areas and corn. And what type of uh, other animals have you hunted over the years? Oh, geez. Um, several. Yeah, we're, going down a, we're going down a rabbit hole with this one. <laughs> All right, here we go. So I've done several elk, a um, couple deer, a couple antelope, because they're just so hard to draw the tag. Um Okay. A moose, a buffalo, um, been to Africa and shot 10 things over there. So yeah, quite a lot. Any, any black pronghorn, uh, not pronghorn, any black antelope? Black antelope. Uh, yeah. Haven't heard of those. Uh, so I mean, not antelope, black impalas. Uh, I saw one. I, uh, I shot the regular impala. But yeah. we did see a black impala. Yeah. Black. That'd be nice to see a, a unique uh, colored antelope. Have you ever seen one of those? Mm -mm. Like a piebald or a melanistic or lucidic? No. Never huh. seen one of those. Neither have I. So, more about uh, your board, not the board, but your nonprofit. I know we're going all over the place today. Uh, what is the average cost of the hunt? For the, for like the entire year or? Uh, for per hunt basis, or is it on a hunt to hunt basis? Mm, I'd imagine they vary quite a bit depending on, uh, cause like, shoot? like the, uh, um, 
the deer hunt and the antelope hunt are we we do both of those with like six to eight hunters at one time so then we just rent out this big guest house and everybody stays together mm-hmm. versus the elk hunts are one or two at a time and we just put them up in motel rooms so hmm. that's gonna it's gonna vary your cost quite a bit from one to the other so yeah now you guys uh have a sponsorship as well or do you get everything through fundraising um most of our funding comes from uh commissioner's tags that we raff- we uh, auction off every year mm-hmm. nice. um so that allows the buyer to choose elk deer or antelope in any area in wyoming so they go from they're a they're a big fundraiser for us we'll just leave it at that and then uh, right. we we do apply for several grants throughout the year so yeah that's kind of where we are you, are you guys sponsored by any of the big brands, you know, for them supplying like equipment or clothing mm-hmm. or anything? No. Um, one of our former board members was, was somehow connected with, uh, you know, all the archery guys. So we'd get some real good discounts, but nothing, no sponsored free type stuff. Right. No Yeti coolers yet. No, not yet. <laughs> um, no, where do you guys see your see your uh, see your nonprofit, not Wyoming Disabled Hunters? Where do you guys see yourself in about five years? Five years, I'd I'd like to think we'd be uh, we'd we would have added a couple hunts here and there by then. Um, yeah, we. Uh, it's already grown way beyond what I thought would ever happen, but uh, I'd like I'd like to see us add some more more elk and a couple more deer hunts and stuff like that. Nice. Might go into trapping and fishing then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> hey, at least hey, it'd be a year round thing then. Say, hey, come on out, we'll do a fishing derby. Yeah, there you go. Now get Wyoming fishing game involved. Yeah. Now, when you guys started out in 2008, and yeah, you're talking about how big you've grown. I wanted to know when you guys started out in 2009, when you, you officially started getting the hunters, how many hunts did you uh, <laughs> originally offer? Oh, man. So, like I said in the beginning, the the main goal was just the, the deer hunt up mm-hmm. uh, Cody Country. And, um, so that's, that's all we did for several years in a row, actually. And, uh, so those first couple of years, we were really scratching to find any hunters. Like we were, we had a cap of 10 and mm-hmm. we didn't reach that for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. the first couple of years, in fact, uh, we had like four and two of us were board members. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So that started off real small. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah. You start off slow and small, and then you got to slowly build up everything. Did social media help at all? Yeah. Social media helps a lot. And uh, just word of mouth, you know, people have a great hunt with us, and they go back and they tell their wheelchair friends, and hey, you got to apply for this. And pretty soon, kind of snowballed from there so <laughs> yeah 
Now, you said you don't have to offer it particularly just to wheelchair uh, people. So for me, I have was born with bilateral club feet. I can walk and hike if need be. I'm just be hurting when we get back to camp or the lodge <laughs> and I won't be getting up for a little bit because for me, yeah, this is why I don't do like those tricky tree stands where you have to stand for the entire duration. If I'm standing for too long in one spot, especially on concrete, my feet will start to go numb. Mm. So that's a fun one. But for people with a disability, but not, uh, the particular wheelchair bound, how would you go about guiding that hunt? So if, if they're disabled, but not wheelchair bound, is that what you mean? Yeah. Um, so a lot of our uh, hunts are just out of ground blinds where, whether they can ambulate well or not, that's mm-hmm. just kind of our standard procedure. Cause, um, that way you, you know, if you're, even if you're yeah. able to move around, if you're moving around, you're going to scare stuff away and just, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier and a lot better success rate if we can get them to sit still and be quiet and just wait for something to show up, <laughs> you know? So hey. that's kind of how we I do things. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind. Now, Yes, we went through the process and all this, but when does the hunting season officially start for you guys? Uh, early September or October? Uh, our antelope hunt will start in uh, mid-September and then mm-hmm. kind of keeps going up. We uh, uh, finish with the elk in the, about mid-November. So. Mm-hmm. so, yeah. Temperatures are probably still what in the fifty sixties uh, or seventies during the uh, antelope. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes even eighties. It's still wow. pretty warm. <laughs> you definitely got to get the coolers for that. Yep. You ever have anybody that you know they tagged their they tagged out, and do they? You got anybody that wants to help clean it, or do you guys clean it your before for them? Hmm. So we put everybody up with a, well, we match everybody up with a uh, local guide, I guess you could call him a companion hunter. And yeah. uh, generally the companion hunter takes care of all the gutting and skinning and dragging and that kind of thing. But uh, if the, if the hunter's willing and able to help with the skinning, then we're sure not going to tell him no. So, right. Yeah. Yep. There's something unique about, skinning out an animal and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now is the, when you do bag, how many people, I uh, tag out, sorry. How many people as the, for mounts, do they want mounts of the animal or do they just want the skull? Um, we have a fair number that want to, want to, at least the European mount with the skull. Yeah. Um, a couple do, uh, Go for the full shoulder mount. You know, if it's if it's like an like an antelope, it's probably going to be a once in a lifetime because they they live in like four states. So yeah, um, that's probably the only antelope they're going to get in their whole life. So they'll probably shoulder mount that one. So yeah, 
Now, does the nonprofit offer to take care of that or someone volunteer? Do you have a taxidermist that volunteers to do that for them? Or I know um, there's some that do that, but. We have a good relationship with a couple uh, taxidermists. So they'll, they'll usually give us a pretty good discount or give mm-hmm. the hunter a decent discount on it. Um, we don't cover that part of it. Hey, a hey, discount's better than full price. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those things get pricey after a while. Yep. I just took my antler or my uh, white tail in for a shoulder mount. And, whew, glad I was sitting down when he told me the price. <laughs> what was it? Five fifty? Uh, no. Nine. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I spent five fifty last year for my uh, white tail. She's a very efficient taxidermist. Uh, t- took her about, I want to say, three weeks to get them done. A full shoulder yeah. mount. A full shoulder mount. Holy cow! Yeah, that's the other He's thing. A- it's six to nine months. Wait. I had that for uh, my first white tail deer with these my first taxidermist, but she went out of business. Uh, she and her husband were doing it. She apprenticed through somebody else, but then she went out of business, no longer did it. And the f- sad thing is I actually had to give a, get him a little bit fixed up with my current taxidermist. So <laughs> yeah, one of those things, <laughs> but yeah, it's like the lady that I go to now, she, yeah, I got him out in two to three weeks and she says, I do that. And I do it well because that's her full-time job. So I think she and her husband do it. Nice. Yeah. It's about an hour's drive to them, but, and for a cheap price, I mean, you got to pay half now, half later. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty standard. Yeah. Now, uh, you ever do, you ever see those backpack mounts? Backpack. Oh, yeah, I have seen a couple of those in pictures and stuff. You ever think about getting one of them? No, I I just kind of like the traditional shoulder mount. And I obviously didn't backpack the thing out, so I, was, I don't feel a little disingenuous uh, to put it in a backpack mount. <laughs> yeah. I'll be thinking about it if it was a smaller deer or I don't know, getting a full size. If I were to get, hopefully the buck I've been looking at, he, he's massive. But if I were to get something like that, his rack is about similar to the one I have. And I think he's maybe a 150 class deer, the one I have. So imagine the antlers on that hanging down a little bit. Yeah. Like, watch where you step. Don't hit your head. Yeah. So, how many hunts do you guys hope to eventually get? Um, I'd like to see us inch back up to 25, 30 over the years, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't... I don't get into a whole lot of the logistics, so it's easy for me to say, "Ah, oh, let's let's do more, let's do more." And the other guy's like, 
actually I have to call all the guides and all that. We're like, yeah, ah. let's let's just settle <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> so what is uh? I know I should have asked this at the beginning, but it just came to me. But as vice president, what are your main responsibilities? Hmm. Really, as vice president, that's just uh, run the meeting when the president can't make it. <laughs> um, but on the side, I'm um, I'm the head of the uh, outreach and advertising committee. So yeah, I, I end up doing all the Facebook and the website, and um, kind of tagging with our president on getting the application just right. And so. Yeah. All that fun stuff. Yeah. And I just had a thought in my head and then it just went away. It stinks. <laughs> I was like, yes, good question. Gone. <laughs> they love those. You're like thinking, it's a great question. Completely gone. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to be able to remember it. <laughs> so, what is a good place to, uh, what's a good place for people to find Wyoming Disabled Hunters? Um, our website, wyomingdisabledhunters.org. Um, you can check that out. It's got all, all the information about all our whole program and all of the hunts we do and all the permits you have to have. And um, got some contact information there for me and the president. And then, uh, of course, we're on uh, Facebook. Um, find us there and kind of, that's kind of more... Uh, more up to date uh, mm -hmm. as far as what's going on now and uh, when we uh, when we finally post the application the, uh, the announcement will be on the Facebook page first so yeah you guys have Instagram we don't mm -hmm. too hard too much problem with Instagram or um we've just never we kind of started with Facebook like everybody else and we're mm -hmm. We get like 80 to 100 applications for our 20 hunts, so we don't really see the need to venture into anything else at this point. Uh, I don't think you do either. Yeah, so. Uh, all right, well, thank you for coming on and uh, being a guest. It was fun. I know we went down a few rabbit holes, and you know, we probably could have went on a few more if I had a, my thoughts were all together today <laughs> <laughs> right. but oh thank you again and remember everyone be adaptive <laughs>